Hello, and thanks for joining us. This is Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone. I'm Lorraine Moss, cook, journalist, dog admirer. And this is Louis Victor, cook, professional food photographer, and a naked cat owner. <laughs> We're here to build a greater sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant people, and food lovers everywhere. Let's start with this podcast, Sharp Quote. Louis? What counts is not necessarily the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. President Dwight D. Eisenhower. That is an awesome quote for the military. Amazing. And for Veterans Day. Yes. And for the kitchen, because that is so true. Sometimes you think someone's going to be a badass in the kitchen on the outside. Yeah. And then they end up being like the biggest wiener ever wiener <laughs> yeah or you see some like tiny person and they just look you know they're so nice and docile yeah and then they just kick ass on the line and you're like whoa what happened like this little person is like yeah, not so tiny sweet when she gets on the grill or something you know it's just it's awesome but yeah um so we are honoring veterans this week true cooks venerate the same ideals as the military correct yep and here are the Army's core values, just in case, you know, you didn't know this, because I didn't know until I looked this up. Loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. And if you put those letters together, it spells out leadership, or what sounds like leadership. So very interesting, very similar to the type of values that you would have in a kitchen. So we have Sandra Paloma with us today, who served as a staff sergeant in the U.S. Army. She's currently a sous chef at Four Seasons, and she worked at the Country Club at Wynn with Louie. That's how we know each other. Yeah! Welcome, Sandy. <laughs> Thank you. She was Thanks also an executive me. chef at Yardbird. So we're excited to have her here, and thank you for your service, of course. Thank you. First, talk to us about your military service and, and what it's meant to you. Um, well, it was a great foundation for sure. Um, a lot of a lot of different memories and experiences um, set me up for civilian life. Excuse me, for sure. Um, getting out of the military and going into a civilian kitchen was very, very different. Um, we're used to a, a sort of discipline. I mean, everything in its place, very clean. You know, um, these these standards every day, day in and day out. And then coming out and then not having that same, I, I don't know, it, it was just a, a very different life from, from the military, but it was a great foundation for a start in this career, for sure. And I believe you're from Southern California? Yes, Los Angeles. So what brought you out here to Las Vegas? Work, work. Um, I had just gotten out. I had been working at Santa Anita Racetrack. As a, as a line cook, pantry cook, learned a lot, made amazing friendships, great relationships to this day. Um, from there, we, we came out for Thanksgiving, my best friend Sarah and I, and she showed me, or she basically said, you know, hey, have you ever heard of Wynn? And I'm like, no, who is the, you know, this cat, whatever? And she gave me a little <laughs> foundation, you know? Who is this cat? <laughs> this billionaire. <laughs> so, you know, she gave me a little background in history about him, and she's like, oh, you should just apply there and see what happens. So I got a, I got a phone call one day when we're on the line, and, and I got a phone call from Chef Leo, actually. And he's like, oh, you know, are you interested in coming and opening with us? And he offered me a position in the juice room. At the time, I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, I'm like working the line. You know, I have all this experience back here. So I kind of I kind of passed that by. And then about 
two days later, I get a call from Jimmy Sneed. Oh, my God. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting story. Yes. Probably was, not appropriate this for this podcast, but <laughs> mm, Jimmy Sneed. Yeah. So um, he called me up and, you know, and I thought it was the same position. And he's basically he came off and said, you know, hey, do you know who I am? And I said, no, I, right? I, I don't know who you are. He's like, you should Google me and then call me back if you're still interested. At that point, oh, I'm like, dang. I'm, <laughs> I, I'll take it. Dude, okay. That guy really had some balls. Yeah. He was like out in the outer fucking space. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So he's, but he quite the, the following. Chef. Yeah. yeah. At the, at the country okay. club. This is okay. a funny thing. Okay. So originally the country club was going to be called Jimmy Sneed's at the country club or something like that, right? So it was his. Yeah. So prior to opening, we're like, okay, we all got hired by Mr. Sneeds, who's like a James Beard nominee. Mm -hmm. Not even award winner, nominee. Which is still important. Yeah. But check this out. Very well known in Virginia, I think it is. Yeah. 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 But check this out. Jimmy (laughs) ended up getting fired before the win opened. And that actually happens a lot, though. Chefs being fired before openings. Yeah. It breaks a lot of people. Well, yeah. Because the minute that I got there, I was like, who the fuck are you all? And where's Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> well, because you can't, you were part of that crew that came to follow him. Yeah. There. Yeah. And that was, that was pretty disappointing for a, a lot of people that actually came there to work for him and learn from him. Um, so... We ended up opening with just the, you know, the chefs that were like second to him. And the reason he was gone, from what I understand, was because of the hot dog. The hot dog, yeah. The hot dog's a great story. Yeah. Because <laughs> he wouldn't put a simple hot dog on the menu. Oh. And it wasn't that It was a great hot dog. I thought yeah. it was going to be like a dirtier no, 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 no. story. <laughs> and, and it wasn't that he couldn't handle it. I mean, he was great, but it was just the hot dog, I guess. It was yeah. just, it was just yeah. a hot dog. <laughs> He didn't agree with the hot dog being on his menu. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, anyway. A little history of the win prior to it opening yeah. years ago. Very so, I mean, I started, I came out and I ended up getting hired. And, and just, you know, just going back on that, I came out to, to meet with him and really interview with him. And my ex at the time, he came out with me. He took us to lunch. I felt like I was interviewing for some kind of chef position, but it was just the prep cook position. So right, right then Which is and cool. there yeah. was pretty amazing to me. We went to Chinatown, had some great food, he, and I ended up moving out here. And, you know, from then on, it was, it, was, it was, yeah, that's it, you know, and that started my Vegas career. So how long were you at the win then? Six years. Six years, I moved back to L.A. Uh, for family and hindsight it was the best decision I ever made because it gave me time with my parents the kids grew up with their grandparents for three years and I opened up the gastronome at Cal State Fullerton which is an all certified lead green building amazing building and it was the original chef that hired me at Santa Anita that hired me there that's that's the power of having you know connections and building relationships within this industry it's amazing it's It's so important small community Yeah. yeah It's a small community, not only in Las Vegas, not only in Everywhere. Southern California. It's like nationwide. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, there's that whole six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yes. Yeah. In this industry, it's like three degrees of Jose Andres. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's true. just, it's insane how close we are to 
everyone. Yeah. I mean, it, Thomas Keller, yeah. uh, Mary Sue and Susan, uh, Nancy Silverton, connected. Mario Batali. Like everybody yeah. has a story about somebody. So if you think that you're going to get away with something in this they, industry, you're Bob, you might get away with it, but people are going to remember much. it because yeah. does Bobby Flay qualify for that list too? <laughs> Or no, we're all connected. <laughs> There's somehow, one, in some way, we're all connected. Believe you me, whether it's we're that prep cook, a dishwasher, for a chef. Sure. Oh man. Yeah, and then you put it in Las Vegas, or you put it in Los Angeles, <clears throat> and it suddenly becomes much smaller. Yeah. You know, it's suddenly, yeah. and you would think, you know, Vegas has got a lot of restaurants. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles has a lot of restaurants, a lot of famous chefs in both places, but somehow. Everybody knows somebody. Mm-hmm. We, so, which brings me to the point: never, ever, ever burn bridges. Yeah, no. try your best not mm. to. It's I hard. mean, it's you know, and if you do burn a bridge, make sure everybody else is burning the same bridge with <laughs> right, you. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I was gonna try to say <laughs> something know? like that. You said it very eloquently <laughs> because there are some people where it's like you got to burn that bridge. I mean, mm-hmm. please burn the bridge. Oh my yeah. god. So. Um, you went back to LA yeah. and then what made you come back to Vegas this time? Um, SBE. SBE. I was supposed okay. to open up SLS. I ended up coming out early and I opened up Double Barrel okay. with a bunch of great guys, amazing staff. It was such a good time. Um, it was a little hard and heavy for me though. I had the kids, you know, and the kids needed mom. So it was a very long hours, very late hours. Um, so from there I ended up going to Yardbird. And Yardbird just became a whole nother family to me. It's just like every 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 niche has their family sessions, you know. So that was really good. That was a great experience. Good people. Um, yeah. So I've been with both stints. I've been here in Vegas for about 12 years now. Yeah. And do you think that you'll be staying now? Oh, this is home. This is home. Until the kids are done with school, this is home. And how has that been for you? You have two children, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's hard enough for Louis and me to operate in the chef world slash cook world, restaurant yeah. world. And we don't have children besides mm-hmm. our pets, which we consider children. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not as much same. as we'd like to pretend it is. It's Can not. I probe a little bit on yeah. your single motherhood and how you balance that out? Uh, it takes a village. It's always taken a village. When I was back home, it was my parents helping out, their uh, their other grandparents helping out. You know, out here, my ex, their their dad and his girlfriend Jenny, they've been like the big force behind everything. You know, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have my career. You have to have a background. You have to have that back support. You know, and if you don't have it, it's not going to happen. You know, you get lost in the cracks. Do you ever? Yeah experience people in the kitchen, whether it's your bosses or your coworkers, or maybe even people under you who don't appreciate the fact that you need to do some things for your family. Like, do you ever have a problem sometimes trying to juggle two and getting people to understand your position? It's, it's quite the juggling act. That's for sure. You really have to have your life planned out. You don't have it planned out and something falls in, in the cracks or whatever. You don't have that other person to help you out. It's hard. I remember uh, one of my good friends, her and her husband kind of got into a discussion of it. He told her, because we're all chefs, he told her, you can't be a mom and be a chef. And I honestly, I took his position because it's hard. You can't unless you have that support. 
you're getting, something's going to have to give. You're either going to give 100% to your position or you're going to give 100% to your family. You have to have some kind of help or balance, you know, unless you have a great, if you don't have that childcare, it's just, just it, you can't have that career. Are there times when you feel like, I wish I had more time? Absolutely. All, every day. Yeah. <laughs> every day. So how do you, you how know? do you kind of balance that? How do you yeah. decide, you know, okay, this is not that important, which obviously everything's important when it comes to your kids, but I'm saying, how do you kind of, you know, say, well, this is not as important as this. And then this is very important. So I really need to ask for this time off. You know, what's funny is I came across, I think it was some kind of quote or a meme or something on Facebook. And it said something about, don't pay me for the amount of hours I'm at work, pay me for the experience that I have. You make your time quality time when you're at work. You don't waste any time whatsoever. Um, I can waste some time at home because I know they're home and we can, you know, zone out to Netflix or any kind of TV show. But at work, you can't, you, you can't waste time. You have to make sure you're busy. There's always going to be work. There's always going to be something at work that keeps you there. Right. You have to give yourself a cutoff time. Yeah. And that's, I think extremely difficult in the position of sous chef. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've noticed that in the last couple of years where, I mean, I would leave, you know, say 11, 12 hours in and mm -hmm. I would feel like mm -hmm. I could do 10 more things. Yeah. And I would, go. and I, and I just have a husband. I shouldn't say just have a husband, but I, that's, I have just, a husband. That's important. That's your family. And he's kind of like, are you serious? You said, yeah. I thought you said you were leaving two hours ago That's and I was planning to, and you know, I was literally sometimes on the way uh, out the yeah. door and someone's like, Chef, we don't have this. blah, blah, blah. Or yeah. that's um, a curse of middle the management. Sauce mm. fell on the ground. Middle or, management. Yeah. yeah. And, or yeah. I cut myself or I need, you know, I need yeah. forms to get to go to the concentra or yeah. something, just anything. It could be mm -hmm. any random thing. Mm -hmm. Or maybe, you know, there's someone that's really awesome that you need to interview like right at that moment and an executive chef can't do it. And there's not another sous yeah. chef that can do it. You might be the only one that's there besides yeah. them. And it's just, it seems like there's always something. And so I feel like that's a really great response to say, sometimes you just got to say, ah, sorry, mm -hmm. not doing it. Can't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, not trying to be a bitch or anything, but, um, I need balance in my life. Well, and then somebody asked me, you know, because I just posted, you know, that I I'm, I'm official official at, at four seasons. And, they're like, oh, they text me. They're like, you're gone already? You, you just started this other job. But it's that you got to find the right fit. It's like you're finding the right pair of jeans. You yeah. just, you're not going to wear a tight mm -hmm. pair of jeans just because right. they look good. You got to be comfortable. And it's the same thing with work, you know, with our industry. If, if it's not a right fit for you and your family, you got to move on as That's much as true. you love it. I've loved all these positions that I've held. There's maybe one or two, you know, that I'm like, I'm glad to see that they're gone. But at the end of the day, it's like, it hurts to go. It does that, you know, trustworthy. I just opened up that place and that was so much fun. I loved getting my hands dirty and I haven't had a chef position where I'm actually cooking all the time. I was cooking all the time, you know, if that's hard to find, it's, mm -hmm. it's very, it, yeah, you don't. And you know, it's all about paperwork and interviewing mm -hmm. and doing everything else. <laughs> Schedules and, and yeah. ordering and, and this the was, health department. Yeah. And this was a great position, great company, you know, great, great company and, fa and, and people to work for and with, but it just, the late hours, you have to find that compromise and it's, I can't compromise the late hours with the kids, you know, and then you really have to think about it. And, and I think I've been very fortunate to find good places to work. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Just put it out there. She'll come. <laughs> put your resume out. <laughs> put your resume come. everywhere <laughs> right. and call and ask. <laughs> so since we are talking about veterans, um, discipline and sacrifice, you know, they're, they're the tenets of a great cook, a great chef, and clearly the tenets of the military. So how do you feel like, or how often do you apply what you've learned in the military to your, especially your chef experiences? How are there things that you kind of fall back on, or maybe you don't even realize you're doing it sometimes um, that you're using from your military experience? I think um, definitely a lot of stamina and energy and, you know, that, that, I can keep going and going, and then when you get home and you're finally done, and that's part of it. Also, is just looking back on the worst experiences in the military, like being in the field for two weeks at a time or being freezing or being dirty and not no showers and having to, to deal with all that. Um, at least I'm not doing that anymore. Right. You know, I'm right. coming you home to the present. Yeah, right. I'm clean. I'm coming home to a clean bed. I'm coming home to the kids, you know, I'm not deployed. I'm not anywhere away from my family. And that's what keeps me going. It keeps me grounded. Um, the camaraderie is something altogether different and you always want to build on that too. So I go back to those times too. It's every duty station that I was in, it was like a new kitchen. It's, it's a new restaurant and you build that relationship, you know, and I take a lot of that back from then to all my kitchens. So. I could imagine that could set you up really well, yeah. especially in the form of discipline, mm -hmm. as you're mm -hmm. talking about, you know, just being, you know, you were talking a lot about how things got to be in their place. And the mm -hmm. first thing that I thought of was mise en place, yeah. you right? know? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I mean, versus um, being a new culinary school graduate, I think, the military actually prepares you for the rigorous day-to-day -day repetitive, right. mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of like being, going to battle. Right. And that's what it is. Oh. You need to be prepared. It is. I mean, so. and it, there takes, there's a lot of struggle in being in a kitchen and being on the line, but then it's like, Sandra reminds us that, yeah, there is, but at the same time, trust her. <laughs> it's not quite <laughs> that bad. Yeah. It's not as bad as it can be mm -hmm. in the military. I mean, there are things worse than, being in the weeds, yeah. Yeah. getting yelled at and sworn at, you know, things burning you like you could die out there. Yeah, I yeah. have a really, really soft spot in my heart for all that, you know, can um, chose to pursue that path. For sure. Yeah. Because, I mean, who who would want to give up, you know, like all the great stuff about civilian life. When you say civilian, I'm like, oh, OK, that's us. <laughs> you know, and it's, us. it's yeah. so funny, though, you know, being in both worlds, it's like being in the military was sort of easy. You know, I mean, I I was in during wartime, but not during the wars that we've seen, you know, in our generations like Iraq and all that stuff going on. I was about to get deployed when I got out. Um, and I ended up getting out and going to culinary school. And the reason being is that I had, I was up for a job on an air force base and it was like, a like an elite position that I had to train for. And I finally got in and, you know, I, you know, you have all these experiences in the military with the me too movement that kind of, you know, comes up because hmm. I did, ex you know, experience a lot of sexism too. Um, my last duty station, I had an NCO over me that just didn't like females in the military, which was so opposite because I really wanted to learn from him, but I couldn't because he was such a jerk, 
you know, and, and it was yeah, terrible. My unit completely supported me in getting this new position. I finally got my letter of acceptance. I came to my unit. I'm like, oh, here's my letter. When do I leave? My report dates on such and such date. Oh, you're not going anywhere. We're going. We're getting. We're getting shipped out. We're going to Iraq, and you're going to be in charge of your section. I'm like, no. You have an E7. I'm just an E6. You know, you told me I was going to go across the way, and no. Well, you know, he's retiring soon, so he's going to go take an office job somewhere. What? But this is good for me. You know, this is this is good because. I'm going to be doing this, this, and that, and no. So I said, okay, well, I'm up for reenlistment. So, you know, I ended up getting out, which I regretted for a while. But hindsight, again, it's like, why regret that decision? You know, I think it was a great background. I have the kids, you know, I it, it's a whole nother life. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Uh, you've had to, to cope with a lot of tragedy in your life. And even, even when you were working in the professional kitchen, mm-hmm. So I think, you know, people don't realize there's this like there's you have this whole life that you have to have outside of the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, you're supposed to be of 100 percent of the kitchen, which is impossible. You can't be 100 and 100. It's it's not mathematically possible. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, you can't serve too many. No, you can't. And so going through what you've gone through in your Mm -hmm. life, how have you been able to cope in a position you know, of authority in the kitchen that demands so much time and energy and still have to, you know, you just seem like such a balanced person and that you've got your shit together. So how do you do it? It's, it's hard. There's been, there was a lot of breakdowns and I think that's what left, you know, that, that kind of, um, resulted in me losing my job at Yardbird. You know, I was sitting in the same chair every Saturday, you know, when I got that phone call that, you know, the San Bernardino Sheriff's Department called me that morning and every Saturday morning was the same thing. So it was always a constant reminder of that morning. And as much as, you know, so just not to interrupt you, but uh, just uh-huh. to make sure that people understand what we're talking mm-hmm. about, Sandra lost her parents, um, in a fire mm-hmm. Uh, and she wasn't in the state. She wasn't in the city. And mm-hmm. so it was something that she had to go through while she was also trying to do her job. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. Saturday morning, Christmas Eve. I got a phone call and I, I just kept sending it to voicemail because I wasn't, you know, I didn't know. You were busy. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what chefs do. We don't answer I'm, our phones. It's, it's Saturday morning. I, I think I was, I don't even know what I was doing. I was doing something on the computer. And I got this phone call. I'm like, okay, I'm going to answer it. And, you know, ironically enough, it was 9-11 in the morning. So I answered the phone call. I got it. You know, I had great people around me that morning. Um, and it just, like I said, every morning it was the same routine. And it, it, it was very hard to cope with. I had a great management. They gave me some time off, you know. But when the pressure hit, it was, it, it, it was really difficult. Mm-hmm. You overcome it because you have routine. You have routine and and you do what you have to do because, I mean, it's, you know, one, we have to bring home a paycheck. And then two, of course, you're doing it for that guest and for that, that I don't want to say spotlight, but you're representing a brand right. at the end of the day, you know, and you do it for that. And, and you have a responsibility exactly. outside of yourself. Exactly. And truth be told, it's the kids, you know, I want to make them proud. I want them to be proud of their mom and, you know, that you survive this. We have our times. We have our times. We'll cry. You know, I miss my parents every single day and their little dog. There was a little dog involved in the oh fire. Oh, my God. Too, so. But, um, um, 
you know, you, you press forward, you press on and, and it is what it is, you know, and they're with us every day, you know, just like any, any loss in our lives. It doesn't get easier. They tell you it gets easier. It doesn't get easier. It just changes. It just changes. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a different routine. You know, you can't go home for Christmas anymore and, you know, you just change your traditions is what it is. And, you know, I was very thankful and very lucky to have great people around me every day. And they supported me and they looked out for me. You know, I think I had a lot of people catching me when I was falling. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. For me, tragedy um, has always, I feel like every time something hits me like that, I just grow a greater sense of empathy. Mm-hmm. And I think that because of that, it can make you a better manager. It can make you a better boss. Because then when someone else is in that situation, whether it's exactly the same or similar, you can actually relate to it. Mm-hmm. You put them so, yourself in their shoes. Yes. Yeah. And we've all been with bosses who can't relate to anything. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, anything. Like, yeah. you're afraid to tell them, you know, you sliced your finger off. Mm-hmm. Because you're just like, oh shit, they're going to be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, it sucks and it's terrible and, you know obviously you'd be happier if your parents were here, you know, I'd be happier if the things didn't happen to me that happened to me. But at the same time, I thank God that I have that ability to empathize with people. And I mean, I gotta be honest too. I feel like sometimes women do it better. Women are better at empathy sometimes. Um, Describe an ideal cook for you. Oh gosh. Um, Somebody that communicates well. For sure. Um, I, I don't like, you know, I've experienced a lot of silence treat, silent tre- treatments, you know, it's like, no, tell me what's going to be direct. Yeah. Be direct. I just love like direct. we are direct, you know, don't, don't dance around what you're trying, you know, what you're hiding. Right. Again, we just said, you know, they, they're passive aggressive. No, don't be passive aggressive with me. That's not how I work. We're very direct with you. Be direct with me. Right. You know, somebody that takes initiative, um, will tell you what's wrong. I mean, somebody that's organized obviously knows where everything is. I was very sneaky as a kid. I was very sneaky as a cook. I knew where everything was. You always follow, oh, the guy that I worked with at pa- on pantry when I first got out of the military and was working at Santa Anita. He would come in a half hour before everybody else, gather all the squirt bottles, all the knife pans, and everything that we were short on, and he would hide them. And he would know where everything Every was. Every good cook does this. That oh is God. a great cook. Always had the towels. Always knew towels. where everything was. That is the ideal The cook. good tongs. His name was Manny. <laughs> Manny taught me the ropes of the line. The mandolin. <laughs> the mandolin. These are all some random crap <laughs> I know. cooks and chefs like steal and or hide. You yeah. have like little hiding spots. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the ideal person. Like mm-hmm. under sinks. Yeah. Oh, I behind have like drawers. a little hiding spot uh-huh. in, my, in <laughs> yep. my little office. Yeah. Yep. Everybody yep. has one. Yep. If you're any good at all. Yeah. 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 No, knows that there's only one bag of chives left, you know, and he's not going to share with anybody else. Right. <laughs> These are like, like totally dude, hashtag cook problems. My station's going to be prepped. What about yours? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was always 15 minutes early. I felt like I was late if I was 15 minutes early. Yeah. It's just what I did. <laughs> it's, you know. And it always irritates me, you know, when the cooks come in and they're like, chef, I'm on time. You're like, no, you're not really. No, no. get your shit together. <laughs> uh, you're not going to get a freaking like gold star for coming and doing your job. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. 
Oh my gosh. And the other I, part of that ideal cook is the cook that doesn't just punch a hole in the plastic wrap when they go oh. to grab something from a pan. This is real, real talk. Oh my God, no. Real talk. Take the whole thing off. Right. You, no. Yeah. No, please don't be like a raccoon. Yes. Like, freaking yeah. scavenging, like punching a hole in the yeah. plastic wrap. Because, dude, That's the, the art of cater wrap, let me tell you. Somebody taught me how to like cater wrap, like oh, and then beautifully cater wrap. Yeah. Like, oh my God. My cater wrap is wonderful. It's like you don't even see the wrap. Yeah. It's amazing. And if, or if you spill that sauce and it yeah. doesn't spill anywhere because uh-huh. you cater wrapped mm. it right. Mine's like perfect labels. <laughs> yeah. I love perfect labels. Perfect la- yeah. <gasps> yeah. You're Chef Dave. Oh, I'm like a well, that was a like, Chef Dave thing because yeah. we're, we're going to talk to him pretty soon, Chef Dave. <laughs> um, no, I just, I like perfect labels. It just irritates me when they have like that diagonal label. And these sound like little things, but that it's was, again about discipline. That's it me. is. It's all discipline. Well, I'm yeah. I need the Date. Yeah. I even like when they put initials on it. That's wonderful. Yes. It's like the best yes. thing ever. Right. Prep is traceable. Oh. So yeah, put your initials on it. And yeah. Dates. Oh, kitchen tape. Oh, oh kitchen tape. You know. <laughs> we should do an episode about kitchen tape. It's actually oh my pretty gosh. funny. It, it, oh, do you follow them on Instagram? I don't follow them, but I've seen them and I've. Amazing. Yeah. I've tagged them on a few things. Whenever I need a pick me up or yeah. sometimes I just like. Yeah. Yeah. So the people out there that aren't in the restaurant business, kitchen <laughs> tape is the tape that we put on, you know, product when it's done, it's prepped, whatever. And it'll say, you know, crab cakes, 1031. It might even say the time. It might have initials. Um, and, you know, a chef, a good chef will like it to be straight and like have the corners, straight like edges. right angles. Yeah. Just the whole by thing. scissors, like, not torn. That's actually a requirement in Thomas Keller kitchens. That's, it's a requirement. That's how it was in my kitchen at Yardbird too. And there you yeah. go. Great have you, chef. have you seen my, my paper stacking by any chance? No. My, okay. Well, Did you, I'll show you once. Yeah. yeah. Do you line them up? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Oh so, yeah. See? Oh yeah. It's another Military. lovely trait of a oh, cooker and chef. We should we should ask <laughs> Chef David if uh, he ever wanted to join the military at some <clears throat> point because I feel like he's got that those skills. <laughs> yeah, he's skills. He's awesome. Skills. Okay. Anyway, your dream job. What's your dream job? Um, okay, so I I just saw this meme the other day and somebody asked, you know, what's your dream job? In my dreams, I don't work. <laughs> hey. your dream job is no job right. yes i'm ready i'm ready that's you're it. ready what no, are you no. like 30 oh my gosh no i'm on that cusp i'm on that 50 cusp I'm, yeah no well I'm dang just... you hide it well oh thank you um one more question before we go on the fly binge worthy is there anything that you're reading watching listening to right now that you'd like to recommend Oh my gosh. Oh, reading, watching, reading. I had just heard about a cookbook. Oh gosh, no, I'm not reading anything right now. I'm not even going to lie. Who has time to read? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Binging anything on shows? Netflix or I watch so much TV on my time off. It's, I shouldn't even admit to that. What's your favorite right now? Um, what are we watching? Oh, The Mass Singer. We love The Mass Singer at home. I have not it seen gets, that yet. Everybody gets involved with it. And I've been pretty good at picking them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No, that's a really great show. I love shows like that. But, and I, I just watch too much TV to, to admit. But TV is like calming. You know what I mean? 
But that's oh, it. especially it when just... you're stressed out, like your whole entire shift. Yeah, I have something to share. When I'm like completely stressed out, when <clears throat> life is like <clears throat> falling down on me and whatever, I pull up the Lord of the Rings, the whole trilogy. Oh god, and I just play it. Hashtag nerd out. Dude, I just like <laughs> absorb all of it, like all nine hours of it. Afterwards, I feel great. Or if not, the whole Harry Potter. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've actually done the whole Harry Potter before in, in like a month. Mm-hmm. No. You've done it in days? One day. Holy crap. Are you sick? One day. Are you sick? No. Because sometimes when I'm sick, I can do stuff like that. No. This is just when, you oh, know, like I'm in crisis God. mode and I need to like... Tune my brain out. See, yeah. I've done more crime and horror stuff than anything else. Yeah. So. Interesting. Like American Horror Story? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you watching this season? I have not yet. It's, it's is so Is it really cool. good? The soundtrack is awesome. It's all 80s stuff. Really? It's really good. Okay, 80s I'm, is coming I think back. that's going to have to... I'm, binge, I'm binging Blackish right now. Dude, American I Horror Story? It. I got stuck at the season with Lady Gaga. That was a good That one. was a really good season. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. It was so yeah. gory. I mean, that was like extra gory. Oh, no, extra. this is gory. This season is bad. It's a slasher series. I mean, I can't even, I lost count. Can you mm-hmm. watch it at night by yourself? You can. Is it scary? It's scary. Okay. It's, it's kind of funny too, though. It's just more gory than scary, yeah. I think. Right. You know? Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. disgusting. All right, we are going to do on the fly our 60 seconds of rapid fire questions with our guest today, Sandra. Here we go. I'm going to set a timer for you. Go, cat or dog person? Both. Bipetual, just like me. (laughs) Coffee or tea? Coffee. The food you can't live without? Chocolate. Dessert craving? Chocolate. (laughs) Guilty pleasure? Please don't say chocolate. TV. Trash mm. TV. The wife, the housewives. Oh, that is trash TV. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Best tool for your job. Uh, tongs. <laughs> Most inspirational chef. Anthony Bourdain. Oh, right, right here. Back to the first episode. As we cry. Dream place to eat. Oh, my house. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Best Las Vegas outing. Oh. Best Las Vegas outing. I don't know. I don't know. The lake? Lake Mead? I guess. No. Lake Las Vegas? <laughs> lake Las Vegas. <laughs> How do you unwind? <laughs> What's that? How do you unwind? Uh, beer and the kids. TV. Favorite food culture? A- Italy. <laughs> oh! Pasta, pasta, Have you been? Pasta. No, I haven't, but I want to. Yeah. Italian Are you, uh, like sure. Rome, Naples? More Naples, I think. Yeah, yeah, Naples is no freaking... Or maybe I should just say Mediterranean, you know, yeah. the mm-hmm. whole nine yards. But seriously, you have to go to Naples. Yeah. I mean, it'll, like, it, it is that mind-blown emoji. I mean, it, it's no exaggeration. Yeah. You're just going to be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. It's pizza like you've never had. Even if you think you've had really great pizza, it's just that, crazy. It. And everywhere you go, it's... It's just pizza, 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 pizza. And it's it's a rough neighborhood. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't want to go by yourself. You need someone with you. Yeah. And both people need to be able to kick ass. Cause, yeah. Like, I mean. <laughs> Bodyguards. No, yeah. And, like, don't wear a purse. And, I mean, there's a lot of, like, yeah. you can look up websites about how to protect yourself. <laughs> it is like that. It's kind of rough. How to protect you know? yourself while eating pizza in Naples. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you will wait in line like a lot if you want to go to like pizzeria de michelle or you know well 
Thankfully, the, the one, the pizzeria, the Michelle in L.A. There's one in L.A. now. Does oh, not wow. have a line. And it's freaking awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're out of Naples and it's like the family and it's freaking awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's totally worth it. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and sell it for Sandra. Any way that they can get social with you? What's that? Get social with you. Do you have like social media that's open? Instagram. I have it all. <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead. ahead and tell us it. Um, Sandra underscore Palomo is my Instagram. Um, Sandra Palomo on Facebook. And I think it's Sandra Palomo on Twitter. Okay. At Sandra Palomo. Yeah. You can go to Four Seasons. They have a really delicious breakfast. Oh, brunch on weekends. It's so we freaking good. We have the good. buffet. These, let me tell you, this is such a great kitchen. Mm-hmm. These guys have been there forever since day one and they're very dedicated very hardworking individuals you know you, you hear about union properties and they kick ass they really I love do. that I must try can we go there oh for sure it's really good <laughs> okay you can get us Two Sharp Chefs on our Instagram at Two Sharp Chefs on our Facebook at Two Sharp Chefs and a microphone and on our email address at Two Sharp Chefs at gmail.com Thanks for so much for joining us today. This is Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone for Louie and Sandra, signing off. <laughs>